The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello. Is this thing on? It is, I think. Finally, we're back. We're back. This is your first time recording the show as a 34-year-old, Stephanie. Hey, hey, hey. What's Guys. What's it like? I love it. This is That's So Retrograde. Hello, I'm Stephanie Falcon-Simbari. I'm Elizabeth Cott. And uh, it's November 4th. This episode will drop in three days, and I've been 34 for 12 hours. What's it like? You know, I have to say, I think that some will relate to this as well. Getting yoga. Getting yoga? No. Getting <laughs> older. Episode. No, it's kind of related in a weird <laughs> way. Getting older is really a process of getting younger. The older I get, the younger I feel because the less bullshit and baggage I'm carrying with me because I'm just working through so much shit that was weighing me down when I was younger. Mm. So it's a really interesting kind of experience. Like Would getting you agree? back to center. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel that. I feel as if there's this weird mucky period in our 20s mm-hmm. that kind of undoes us a little bit, or at least from my own experience, I guess that some might call it a uh, Saturn return, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of astrology? <laughs> uh, Stephanie, I think you'd be into it. You should yeah. check it out. Mm. Astrology. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But when I kind of started really feeling like myself when I was kind of at the beginning of my 30s, I was finding almost all of like the extracurricular activities I did in middle school and high school I found it up doing those again. Yeah. And just like, it's like you said, it's like peeling back the layers to get back to our core. And I feel like when we're children, we are so grounded in who we are. Yeah. And then you get, like, you kind of mature out of it. Exactly. And it gets fucked up. And then it's all about, like, getting back to that. Yeah. And, you know, we always talk about how we don't, like, we're not obsessed with, like, New Year's intentions Mm because it's just, it doesn't necessarily align always with the way that I feel when I want to set an intention. Like, it feels like a forced activity. Yeah. But on my birthday this year, it was like, all of a sudden, I knew exactly what to, like, lay forth. Like, what to let go of. It was like a very clear-cut, like, okay, these are the things I'm leaving behind. These are the things I'm going to move forward with. And it was, like, organic. Like, I wasn't like, I'm going to sit down and write intentions. My brain was just like, there's some things you need to put on on paper. It was really nice. Yeah. So thanks for throwing me the best party ever. Awesome. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. I'm like, we give it its proper honoring. I was just, just, (laughs) it was a preview for what's to come. (laughs) Stick around for Roses and Thorns, y'all. So we got to do a Kat Sadler's podcast, Mm -hmm. Naked Pod. Mm -hmm. We both got very vulnerable Mm -hmm. and had vulnerability hangovers afterwards, which we'll talk about with Kat. So Kat is joining our show today. Yep. Amazing conversation. She's been a friend for a long time. It was so cool to reconnect. And we're big fans. Yeah. Everyone should go check out her podcast. And uh, let's just get right into the conversation. She's so wonderful, so eloquent, and such a love. Kat Sadler, guys. We're so happy to have you here. Thanks for having me, guys. We just got to do your show. But even more so to that, you and I have a pretty fun history that really, I would say, like, kicked off my, call it a career, in talking <laughs> into a microphone. Call it a career? <laughs> what do you call that thing where you've been in a certain I line of know. work for a while? Let's call it that. I had this web series 
with mm-hmm. my old business, Closet Rich. This was six years ago. And Kat, you were one of the guests yes. on the show. And yes. we the premise of the show was I got to kind of go into various women who inspired me's wardrobes. And we would go through various pieces in their closet that that like held some sentimental value to them. And then we would tell some stories about their life through those pieces. And then- it was very Marie Kondo, like before it's I time, know, a little exactly. bit. Like, what was the sentimental value? I was like, why yeah. am I not out pitching this show now? And then yeah. we would pull something and then sell it on eBay to go to a charity of your choice. And I just was like- You were very impressed with yourself this morning. <laughs> you were watching this Well, video. because I didn't want- <laughs> to watch it. I was like, oh no, I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. And I was like, oh, we were so good. Was it six years ago? Did you confirm that? Yeah, it was uploaded six years ago. And how did we, I remember you being in my house. I remember, by the way, I thought you were great. You like, you know, you had your whole like broadcast thing down. (laughs) You came in the house. Like you seem like a pro, but how did we even connect to do that? Probably through WME, I would guess. Really? Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? I think. Maybe. Don't or remember. the production company that Maybe was doing it. Maybe the production company. Yeah, I remember it, though, because these are the things that live on the internet forever and it's right. out there. So. But it, I mean, we look great. Can I be <laughs> honest? If that's the thing that lives on the internet and that's like the bane of your existence, it's fucking cute. I've got way worse shit out there. Far more embarrassing. A Lady Gaga impersonation, if you will. So, you know what, you guys? You're just fashionable and chic. And I feel like we should. And philanthropic. Yeah. I mean, at the end, that was the beauty of this series is that you like took things and, and donated them and that. So, that was, see, we're special. Yeah, there's something that lives on the internet. <laughs> about me that I've done anything for society except for add to the noise. So congratulations, you guys. Enjoyable oh, noise. Actually, Lane. sometimes those like the retrospective glimpse actually makes you more appreciative to today because I'm like, oh, you know, it would it would suck to look back at old videos and be like, oh, I long for the day when. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, oh, thank you. That's in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, thank you so much for doing that. And thank you for being here today. It's just <laughs> such a fun, like, full circle, you know, Oprah moment, it feels like. It kind of does. And you're in my house again yes. for my podcast. And my house is completely different in that six or eight years time difference. But here we both still yeah. are. And here we are. With doing our things in new ways. Yes. So yeah. I remember this story from back in the day. Um, that I want to... <laughs> I'm remembering that you said everyone needs a Diane Furstenberg wrap dress. That's a closet essential. <laughs> it is. Sorry, I didn't want to move on without remembering that. <laughs> Just hold on. Did I give you that dress? Because I miss it. No, 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 no. You held on to that. Oh, and then we eBayed a style stalker dress oh, right. for you to give to, I don't remember. Your mom's charity. Yeah. Mm, women like us. Women like cool. us. Yeah. Thank good study, Stephanie. She's, she really did watch that video. <laughs> I mean, well, I there was so much to laugh at in that video <laughs> that she could make fun of me for. Yeah. So I was like, I wish it was She longer. watched it 10 times. <laughs> so I just am so obsessed with your origin story and beginning in broadcasting and starting and local news and having the call in your heart to come out to LA. Can you talk to us about like what brought you here and Very how, what that looked Ron like? Very Burgundy. Oh, call in my heart. <laughs> well, do you want the long version and the short version? I'll try and keep it brief, but I think like so many people in their late teens, early twenties, or if they're in college and you're trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do with the rest of your life. I did always have an inherent passion for conversation, Mm -hmm. an inherent curiosity about people. So that was also somewhat 
mixed with my obsession of celebrity and movie stars and music. I mean, I'm from the Midwest in Indiana. And so Hollywood for me, because I'd never really left Indiana. I'd never really, I mean, traveled that much. I'd never been to California, but it was really just a passion and an interest until I eventually declared a broadcast journalism major in college and then secured my first internship at a local TV station. So when I got the first bit of hands-on experience where you're in a newsroom and you're working with writers and editors and photographers and and you're being sent on assignment, I mean, I think I was 2021 20, or whatever, I really did get the itch for storytelling and interviewing but I also, and I think we talked about this a little on my podcast, and I think it's huge for for young people to recognize in their early jobs and early experiences, it was also like, I'm learning what I don't want to do. And mm. at the time, I was covering fires, and I was going out with the crews, even through the internship, and then later through a first general assignment reporting job. You know, I was at the police station, I was interviewing homicide detectives, and I was walking down streets trying to interview a mother who just lost her baby. I mean, it was like heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, eh, how do I turn my love of st- telling stories and doing television and the art of all that, how do I mix that with what I love, which is entertainment? And this is the story that's crazy and talk about divine intervention and destiny and all the things that just fall in your lap or how the, the stars align. And I know you guys believe in this a little bit too, but I was on camera maybe twice in Indianapolis, which is where I'm from at a local Fox affiliate doing a teen segment. That in and of itself was a a huge break because usually you go to like the middle of nowhere and go to local news and very, very small markets. But the news director got tired of me and my persistent request to look at my tape and tell me how if I'm good and tell me what I can do and how can I improve and I want to work. I was really that girl. So you you started on camera <laughs> with your internship or you were behind the scenes? After the internship okay. at the same station. Okay. So through my... Obviously they put this face on camera. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh gosh. What a waste. Please. No. Uh-huh. Behind it, the scenes? It's funny you say that because he's like, fix your hair. Like that was always my physical issue. Even today we were talking about extensions. <laughs> like my hair has always been a shit show. But that was funny that he would point that out. <laughs> it is a visual medium, kids. So through the internship and then a part-time general assignment job at that same TV station and him just, you know, giving me this chance. I had showed up on TV and then I started getting these calls, like multiple calls from an agent in New York who saw me on TV. So, I mean, that it is one of those stories where it's like, does that actually happen? But it did happen. And this agent, Ezra in New York, just said, that's even a long story in and of itself because I didn't call him back. I didn't know what agent was. I didn't (laughs) know what he wanted with me. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. But eventually when we finally connected, he said, what do you want? What do you want to do with your career? And no one had point blank ask me that ever. I was still 21 at the time, like just lucky to be at the local TV station, lucky to even, you know, like be in the company of these people I was working with. And that's when I was like, well, what do I really want? You know, that was, I was, you know, Oprah was a hero and Katie Kirk on the Today Show I would watch every day. And do you guys remember Rachel Perry from the VH1 Top 20 Countdown? Yes, I do. <laughs> Way older than you. <laughs> but that was a thing, guys, long before everyone was watching everything on their phones and on the internet. And so I was like, you know, a little, a little fashion, a little music, a little the arts, like all of that was kind of what got me up in the morning when I wasn't doing TV. So he's like, well, we can engineer your career so that you can do both. And I was like, we can't? Ezra, <laughs> this come is amazing. So yeah, so local news in a hard newsroom setting turned into my first full-time job in San Francisco as an entertainment reporter. And that's kind of how I took off. Wow. Have you ever seen the movie Morning Glory with Rachel McAdams? 
No. It's Rachel McAdams and Harrison Ford, and you need to see it because you're like, this is your life story. Life story. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of those like TV news stories. I, I loved the newsroom on HBO yeah. because even though that's, again, more hard political news and like hard-hitting real news, I, you know what I'm fascinated with is this new show on Apple with Jen Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, oh, yeah. which is called, what is it called? Morning the Morning Show. Yes. I think it's called The Morning Show. Oh, and I, I don't know about with this. Steve Carell. Has it dropped? You no. Know, they just released the trailer. It's going to be on Apple Plus. But like, like, are we all going to be getting like all these different streaming options? Yes, that's, that's what's the... happening. They were like, Netflix, we're coming for you. And now everyone's <laughs> doing it. Now like everything's getting pulled from Netflix. Things are t- getting taken from Hulu. And we yeah. have to have like 97 apps to watch four shows. I know. It's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. The I'm times, fine with they it. are changing. Whatever. The times have changed, let me tell you. Because as I think about even the world in which I was in back then. This yeah. is like 1997, y'all. I mean, I'm no no spring chicken. This was like, a, there was one computer in the newsroom, which was dial up, like AOL. That's yeah. how you got your news. You weren't like on your phone and Twitter was breaking news for you. Like you had to actually go out and find the news and actually be a journalist. Right. And that, but that's yeah. really what I think is so cool about where you started your career is that as I remember growing up, you know, like we all knew who our local newscasters were. And then when, mm-hmm. and I would get my entertainment news from Entertainment Tonight and from E! And like that was the channels in which to receive that. Now we have millions of options. So the role you played is such a, like an iconic role in us receiving all that information, which is so mm-hmm. cool. And it's yeah, so amazing yeah. that you were able to like capture that within that time because it's, it's just a different playing field at yeah, this moment. Those days are gone. Do you ever that look back on like, you know, kind of comparing it today of like, well, what if I was, you know, the millennial set, like what would I have said to that person? Like, how would I have even navigated? Because you would have had probably similar desires and like Mm -hmm. passions, but where do you even access that at this point? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I get asked that a lot from young people today. Really? It's interesting because to your point, I mean, you know, there was a period where like the it job, if you wanted to be on TV and you loved arts and entertainment was E. I mean, that was the pinnacle, right? And so I was on air there for 10 plus years. And, and to your point, that's what young women, especially were watching and consuming every day. And it was like appointment television, um, so a lot of girls would always say, and guys, but would be like, you know, where do I start and what do I do and how do I break through? And it's just so different now. And I always say, I mean, the beauty is you have this thing in your hand. And and back then, in many ways, it was harder because you had to you had to hire a camera person and you had to spend your whole Saturday getting your reel edited, and then you had to put it in the mail and send it to someone to get them to look at it. And now. Everyone can be a star per se, and everyone can create their own brand and everyone can make their own content. Having said that, we also know that it's so incredibly saturated. So how do you then get discovered or how do you get a chance and how do you yeah. how do you grow that and, and become recognized and make a life and a career out of it? Now that's a little more complicated. Right. Even just like I'm even more talking about like the journalism aspect because it's like I feel like that's such a watered down oh, yeah. conversation. Like mm-hmm. what even is, what is real news, news anymore? Oh my gosh. I Like Twitter? Like I don't – I really don't know. I can't turn on like a – any of the network television channels to believe right. the news. It's so subjective. I'm asking that in earnest, like what do we consider news and how does well, someone even go about that career? I think that it's very diluted. And yeah. I think that the onus is now on the viewer or the person consuming said news that to do more digging and research. It's right. not, it's no longer one-way traffic handed to you at a, on a platter at 6 p.m. anymore. It's right. like, 
you have to know the difference. You have to seek out other websites. You have to read or watch, by the way, watch multiple newscasts right. to then make your conclusion. So we're the journalists. <laughs> right. And they're like giving us a bunch of shit. And we're like, all right, let me parse through this, see yeah. what feels true. I remember taking ethics, you know, journalism ethics class, you know, back when I was in college. But even to turn on CNN now and watch even like a Don Lemon, who I love, like everything is opinion based. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer just fact gathering and reporting. It's all point of view because yeah. P.S. Ratings, right? So how do you, how do you stand out? Exactly. How do you stand out and get people to watch your show if you're only facts-based, for God's sakes? That's boring, right? I mean, how tragic is that? But that's the truth. So there has to be an entertainment side of of the whole experience or people just don't want it. And that says a lot about us as a society because it's like, that's all you'll tune in for. So that's more graphics, more drama, more 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 car chases. The powers that be at the news stations were watching you over at E for all those years. And they were like, we need more of that to happen. And it's kind of like all merged together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What a time. Yeah. I mean, and that of course is all because I believe that, you know, the people that own those stations now all have an agenda and everyone's of bought course. by money and everyone has their own agenda and they have to account to whoever is giving them the money to then, you know, churn the news out every day. So it's all corrupt. Basically, let's all go home. It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's actually like Young Turks. Because <laughs> you've pivoted, as we mentioned, you have a, a podcast that launched earlier this year called Naked with Cat Sadler. You've moved from broadcasting into podcasting. What has that been like? What was the catalyst for that? Talk to us about like the creation and the vision behind everything. Mm. Well, thank you. I should have consulted with you a year (laughs) ago, guys, since you've been in the game for so much longer. Where did it start and why? It's funny because even when I was at E in my last year there, I remember taking some calls and having some conversations because I've always prided myself on studying the market in general, media in general. And I've always surrounded myself with younger people. I've always like been like aware of the digital game and the power of of streaming. And I, I was aware of that even in my last years doing television there at that network. So I was just curious about podcasting. But then after I left E! and even though I'm still pursuing television projects and that's a part of my business, the podcast space is so desirable in the sense that, you know, I come from a world where everything was to time and everything was a sound bite and everything was edited down. And I would go out and do these, what I thought were these fascinating interviews with these compelling people. And it was 45 minutes and then you'd see two minutes on the nightly news or whatever, right? So I was like, this space actually allows for things to breathe Mm -hmm. and real conversations and people to be loose and people to actually share. And I was also aware that I think people are seeking more meaning in what they're hearing, right? It's not just, and of course, there's always a place for whatever, the housewives or the Kardashians, whatever you want to consume that allows you to escape. But I also think people are, (laughs) (laughs) people want a little more grit and people want meaning in their life and people want to, you know, learn thing. And so the podcast community for me was like, ding, 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 like people are sharing, people are growing, people are evolving. And at the core of that was just that I love interviewing. Back to just my digital background, in tandem with doing TV all those years, I did have a blog called thecatwalk.com, which I still have, which is now a website. But when I left E, my first mission was I'm going to do interviews on my website. And so I got great people to sit down with me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow did an interview with me and Molly Shannon and like um, Amy Schumer and, you know, Nurse Jamie, you know, and interesting Denise Bedeau, like a variety of really cool women. But 
what I learned from that is like, that was great, but it's transcribed and people are reading it and you miss so much when Mm -hmm. you're reading an interview versus when you're hearing a conversation or when you're watching an interview. So I did that as like a transitional experiment. And immediately, I mean, it was like, right away, I was like, this has to be a podcast. This has to, Naked needs to be extension of that. So that's kind of how Naked was born. We need to take another little time out, a little Hey, partner. How little, you doing over a there? A little how you doing, sir? We're, <laughs> or ma'am or madam, whoever whatever. you are. We're not going to gender it. Yeah. Honey, you guys, it is the ultimate discovery, especially we're in November. If you can hear it, that's some holiday bells ringing around because... Just walk into any CVS and it's fully Christmas it's already. It's time yeah. for gift giving and giving holiday gifts is great, but overspending on those gifts is not cute. No, we don't like that. Honey is a free browser extension that automatically finds the best promo codes wherever you shop online. Now listen, if you're like me who can't work the internet properly, you're going to love this because it's so easy. Exactly. So you basically download Honey into your browser. It's a plug-in. It stays there. It lives there. And then as you shop on over 20,000 sites, such as the classics of Amazon, eBay, JCrew, Sephora, Target, Best Buy, you know. The holiday classics. The greatest hits. The greatest hits. Yeah. It will automatically search the internet for the applicable promo code. So there's no more, this is my old life of I was about to buy something. I'm like, wait, let me find a code. And I type it in and I'm trying all these things. And like, what are those codes? It's a whole journey. So it takes the entire journey out of it Mm -hmm. and you're just in it to win it. I love it so much. Honey has over 10 million members and they have saved over a billion dollars Excuse me. Excuse you. They support over 20,000 stores online and they have 100,000 plus five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. I mean, guys, imagine you as an individual had all this good stuff going for you. I recently, you might have seen them, the big lanterns in my backyard. Oh, I love. I got those at Target. Oh. And I used my Honey plug-in to make sure I was getting the best price. Oh my God, genius. And they're really cute. I should post them because I was really proud. Way so, bigger than I thought they No, they're be. really good. They make it really vibey back yeah, there. Yeah, that's the goal always. So if you're buying gifts this holiday season, then you need Honey. If you're not, you probably know someone who is. So do them a solid and tell them about Honey. Honey can help make sure that you're getting the best price for whatever you're buying and it's free to use and install in just two clicks. So go over to joinhoney.com slash retrograde to get Honey for free. That is joinhoney.com slash retrograde. Start saving today, y'all. Now back to the show. To your point about, you know, the extension of conversation and truth and really getting to see the breadth of what you're doing in conversation, it's like consumers also want the truth. Like the more crazy that it gets as far as like news not being real and us being confused, the more that we're craving like a true connection. And I I really see that you saw that and are capturing that. And it's really, really cool because you shouldn't be restrained at this point. There's no reason people have access in every corner of their lives to access like full conversations and things that they can connect with. I would so much rather that than just turn on like five minutes. Like, wait, wait, what? I'm, now we're in commercial? Like, I, I mean, I love watching like Jimmy Fallon and I love watch. Sorry, I know everyone always judges me when I say that, but like he's I don't my favorite late night host. I don't know why people don't like him. He's my favorite. It's my dream <laughs> to be on a show. But mine was David Letterman. He was from Indiana. Still my dream. Do you like his Netflix show? I do. And that is exactly more to the point of this too, because it's streaming he can have these like long, bigger conversations. Whereas like with the shorter format, you're like, wait, I want to see 20 minutes of him interviewing Kanye West. I don't want like two seconds. Yeah. And there's perspective and there's background and there's depth and there's texture. 
And to your point about connecting, I mean, yeah. that is really it. Yeah. I, I think for, at least for me and my podcast in particular, all of that was part of what inspired me. But also, you know, I come from glam every day and the hair extensions and the fake lashes and the, you know, amazing clothes. And of course that's all glamorous and fabulous, but it's also like we're living in this Instagram world where everybody feels the pressure mm-hmm. and the anxiety associated with not being enough and scrolling down their feet and second guessing themselves and, and face tuning the hell out of themselves. And I feel that same pressure. So I just wanted a space where it's like, let's all connect. Let's just like take off the armor. I don't care who you are or what you do or how much money you make or where you come from in the world, but like, what's your story? Because I think that when people listen, they feel less alone. It's like, oh, I see myself in that person. And thank God they're, they're in a space where they're sharing in a way where no offense to Jimmy Fallon, but like he has five seconds, you know, five minutes and you're going to get entertained and yeah. you might see what, you know, Natalie Portman's wearing and you might love her and that's great. And of course there's a place for everything, but it's like, I'm challenging some of those same high profile people to yeah. come into my bedroom yeah. and not be that and not have their publicist standing over them and not be afraid to really get to the root and, and and the rawness and of their own stories and whatever's going on in the world and to just have real ass conversations. Yeah, I listened to your Jen Lawrence interview and I just I could tell in listening that she was so happy to be able to like be herself mm-hmm. in that way. Cause you know, normally when you're a celebrity, it's like you're expected to be some kind of way. And she even says, like, I always feel like I'm too much when I walk away from a conversation. It's like you're be you're saying, like, please. Be as extra as you need to be, as you are, because this is a fully safe space. Please. And it's so funny you bring up that interview because remember in that episode, yeah, you guys haven't listened, please do. It's really but, good. It was but a fun she listen. says even Jennifer freaking Lawrence goes home at night and questions what she said yeah. at a party or yeah. at dinner or whatever. And we were saying here, you know, before we started our conversation here with your listeners, you know, you were second guessing some of the things yeah. you said on my podcast. You, we're all humans, by the way. Yeah, Hello. you hold space for vulnerability and that's yeah. really the the guiding idea within the conversations on your show. And we try to get there too, obviously. But I was like, did I say too much? You know, like it's normal. Like, well, because we Kat's such a good interviewer. Yeah. Oh, God bless. <laughs> that you don't even realize. <laughs> and then you're what like, you're, like, literally at one point, I heard my voice in my headphones at your house. And I was like, am I still telling this story about my parents? <laughs> I was like, stop talking. Oh my God. Yes. That makes me so happy. I'm so sorry. I'm so happy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she really fucking asked me that. And now I can't shut up. Well, you know what it is, though? <laughs> I will say, I don't think it's about me being a good interviewer. I think I actually really care. Right. And and I that's what makes good that good. I really care. And maybe that's like annoying, but I genuinely care about people and yeah. I want to know. And I, I think we're all so shaped by all those years of childhood or whatever and how we got to the moment. I just, I'm so literally turned on by, I, I'd met you, I'd known you five minutes, but yeah. I genuinely want you to tell me everything because I really care about you. Even yeah. though I just met you, it's like, yeah. that's so cool to me. I want to know what, what, what'd your dad do and why, how'd that feel? Like, and how'd you get like this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, there's like some, yeah, psychological component of the whole thing that like I get off on. But So in the, no, in this new realm of podcasting for you, what has been some challenges or unforeseen things that have come up that mm. with mm-hmm. all of these years in broadcasting, mm-hmm. maybe like you would had an yeah, experience. That's a great question. Well, firstly, it is in my bedroom, which was not an accident. Obviously, that was by design to help people like yourselves come in and feel comfortable and be open and to maybe show get off your design aesthetic. <laughs> I'm like, look at my Kelly Wurstler wallpaper. <laughs> I am proud of it. Um, but no, by the way, that's 
hard to do. Yeah. Like I had to say, oh my God, Jennifer Lawrence, Olivia Munn's coming over and they're going to judge like my sheets and my, you know, you, that's how we're programmed, right? So I had to say, if I want people to come and and relax and really share, I have to be willing to like be vulnerable also and let people come into my home. So that's just hard, hard in the sense I'm kind of over. It's like, yeah, take me or leave me at this point. Mm -hmm. I think that also comes with age, but it's a duty in the sense that I have two kids and four pets and there's a lot of hair around the house. So the fact (laughs) that I chose to do it in my bedroom creates some extra housework, I will say. It's funny you're Um, saying that because I have a dog too. My house is so full of fur and I was looking around your house. I was like, this place is fucking spotless. (laughs) Oh no. Who is the woman in the other room cleaning? Can she come over after this? It's orchestrated as such (laughs) that I'm like, okay, podcast day, housekeeper day. So I do have help, obviously. I mean, you should have heard me before I left the house today on the way to you because I have another guest coming this afternoon. I was like riding my son. I'm like dishes in the dishwasher. You know, I'm annoying, but whatever. But the difficulties beyond that that are real is I had to learn the business. I mean, the television business and the podcast business are different in a lot of ways. I don't know about ad breaks. I don't know about, you know, um, I didn't know a lot of the networks in the podcast world. So I it required a deep dive into studying all of that. And I have a production partner, so I had to pursue that. So there was a whole business learning curve. And this is also mine. So that's really cool Mm -hmm. and liberating. And now I own my brand and my name and all the projects I'm doing. That's really been the upside of this new season in my life. There is a huge learning curve. Um, As far as difficulty, probably booking is difficult. I have a producer that I work with and she's amazing, but you know, People are busy and whether, you know, you get a yes, I mean, you guys know how it goes. And then four months go by and you're like, but you said yes. And then you're trying to schedule. And then if you are dealing with, yes, I'm talking to you, Jessica Chastain, like (laughs) she said yes, you know, but she's like in town for 72 hours and then she's back to Europe to film. And so it's, it's coordinating and juggling and a little, a little begging and then a little, you know, so reaching out to people and making real connections and and sometimes, again, back to the machine of Hollywood, and by the way, not all my guests are actors or actresses. It's getting through the layers of all the people to get to the people. You know, it's so funny. I've been back and forth on like chains forever just trying to get somebody booked. And then I DM them. They're like, yeah, I'm available on Tuesday. You know, that's just the nature of the beast in which yeah. we work. Well, so. we have to let our agents feel like they have a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to let you do that for a month and yeah. then we're going to take over. We're going to do it ourselves because <laughs> right? nothing gets done if we don't do it ourselves. In the end, do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that the, is. The title of my Hollywood <laughs> memoir in 30 years, do it yourself. Yeah. Honestly. And I do think people like to hear from people. And so it's nice to not, you know, to get a more intimate actual like request and an intentional request to get somebody on your show is nice. It's kind of funny, like the evolution of that conversation as far as like, oh, I can just DM someone and get them booked. It all tracks as far as like traditional to non-traditional goes. Like 15 years ago, if you wanted to get someone on your TV show, unless you saw them at a fucking party which would be inappropriate also to bring that to the social situation. As we've learned. As I've <laughs> recently learned, don't say anything about anyone in any podcast, in any situation. Especially when you've been warned with a sign on the door. You may be tweeted at. Subtweet, subtweet, subtweet. You're a bitch, whoever you are. <laughs> Inside story. Yeah. Um, we can maybe divulge we'll it later. talk about that later. I want to let that breathe before we start talking shit. Yeah. Um, but now it's so cool because it really – it. In every single way, like the barrier to entry around all these things is breaking down. And it's very amazing. We have to stop and give love to a partner that I truly use every single day. And a partner that keeps us 
being friends because it makes us smell good. <laughs> Is that right? I guess so. Yeah. Why not? It's my number one Native requirement. Deodorant. It's formulated without aluminum, parabens, and talc and filled with ingredients found in nature such as coconut oil, shea butter, mm. which is a moisturizer and emollient. Ooh. And tapioca starch, which absorbs wetness. Yes, I said wetness. Sorry. I turned on. They never, Scorpio season. They never test on animals and there's free shipping and returns should you not enjoy it. We love Native so much. It works, number one, which is critical. And it is so important to switch to an aluminum-free deodorant these days, you guys. We can't be skimping on our wellness practices. Native has been featured on the Today Show, L, Pop Sugar, Refinery 29. And guess what? That's a retrograde. That's also. right, friends. And they've got some really lovely, delish scents to choose from. Coconut and vanilla, which is their most popular and Steph's favorite. Lavender and rose, which is my personal favorite. Cucumber and mint, which I have yet to try, but I am intrigued. And eucalyptus and mint. I'm intrigued by that one. The same. So they also have a great little sampler thing for little minis, Mm -hmm. which I have my eye on that. It's a great stocking stuffer. It's November. We're We're, getting there. It's Christmas, basically, guys. Basically. (laughs) Head over to nativedeodorant.com. That is N-A-T-I-V-E deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Use promo code TSR20 and you will get 20% off your first purchase. If you or someone in your family has yet to switch to the aluminum-free deodorant, get on it. There's no reason not to. Smells good. It works. And you're doing something good for your bod. That's right. Again, nativedeodorant.com. Promo code TSR20. 20% off. See you there. Now back to the show. You know, it's easy to talk a lot of shit about social media, but the beauty is that you can reach people who a million years ago you thought would have been next to impossible to even get an email address, let alone get them to respond to you on on DM. And by the way, that's also why I take time to respond to people who DM me because it all comes full circle and karma is real. And like, you know, it's difficult. I try to just for, for my own health manage how much I am on that and responding to people. I mean, cause you could spend a whole day doing that, but I try to see people and I try to respond to them and I can't always, but I, it's important for me because people take the time to like say really nice things and just for no reason other than to just spread a little kindness. So I try to, I try to return that. I was going to ask, do you have any like self-care rules around your social media use and like how to manage that? No. No. Okay. <laughs> but I I think about it often. I think about it often because the one thing I'm pretty good at is really like self-regulating how I feel and how that affects my days and my hours and, and how I am as a mom and how I am as a friend. Like I can easily spiral. I'm not one of those people who can l- be on their phone all day and feel okay. It, mm-hmm. I actually feel myself like losing my saneness. I get a little anxious. I It's just, I feel my body physically tensing up. So I don't have rules about that, but I am pretty good to like, I'm aware when I, I need to put it down or I need to turn off the screen or I need to like not be on my laptop because it's draining. It's not, it's not good. But I, I mean, I have the screen time app, like I think everybody does, but nothing beyond that. I and mean, you can also just be like, ignore, <laughs> ignore, <laughs> which is what I do all the time. You know what the hard part is, is for me, because another extension of my business is, you know, social media and my brand, it's like monetizing my, my fashion and my, my wardrobe and my my catwalk brand. So mm-hmm. I am paid for a lot of these posts and I am and people do brands who help pay my bills look at my Instagram stories and they look at my views and so I have to consider it because I have two kids I have to raise. So as much as I'd like to say oh, I'm going to take a week off of Instagram. 
I haven't gotten to the point where I can do that yet. And boy, have I thought about it. You know, I try like when I travel and everything, I'm like, I'm not crazy. I'm, I think I'm pretty moderate about my social media habits, but I've, I've definitely thought, Hmm, when am I going to do an actual proper cleanse? I almost feel like when it's your business, it's more healthy because it's like, okay, that has boundaries around it. Like I need to post for this. I need to say this much. And, and then I cannot look at it anymore because I know that I've taken care of business. If it's just personal, then it's like obsessive and validating. That's a good point. Other weird emotional Mm -hmm. connections to it that um, I think are harder to disseminate internally. Yeah, I really liked, we did a live event in Arizona and our guest, Katie Kylene Sabagian, who's a healer out there, said something really interesting about Instagram and how it can actually be used as a tool to monitor our own energy. And as we can kind of notice, take stock of how we're receiving people on the app. So like if we're, let's say I see Steph and I'm like, you look amazing, girl, like keep killing it, blah, blah, blah. Like you're putting that energy out. And then if I see it, I'm like, oh, Steph, not that I would, but like, you know, (laughs) that's like a good tracker of like, Mm. I need to check myself energetically because I'm now seeing like how I'm receiving information and what I'm putting out there. And I loved that way of looking at it because it makes it feel like a deeper purpose and also something we can control our reactions and our output with. There's like a barometer. Yes. And if you like tune into that, that's very telling. Well, also the spiritual component of technology in the Aquarian age is that it's a, an extension of our connectivity. Like it's actually representative of like our spiritual body in a weird way. Like it's not just this thing that's separate from us. Like we cre- we created it in order to like connect ourselves even more thoroughly. So it's supposed to be a tool. Like that's why people can find love on the internet. Yeah. Because it's real. Right. You know, that's why you can connect with like a, a job because it's like almost the exact same thing as like going to the interview because it's like part of us. Sometimes when I think about that, it makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. I'm like, we didn't just create this monster. This isn't like something that's ruining our lives. It's actually like a tool for our evolution and we made it. So it must be part of us in a way. And a, a representation of expansiveness. Yeah. Ooh, love yeah. that, girls. That mm-hmm. was good. Yeah. So retrograde. <laughs> you know it. Um, but you're right. And I think that comes also down to, I interviewed this amazing writer, Gia Tolentino. If you know her from The New Yorker, she has a great book out right now called Trick Mirror. And she is very much an intellectual and she's kind of uh, dissecting the internet, among other things, mm-hmm. girl power, feminism, and the age in which we live, like all these different things. And she's like, I feel good when I go on Instagram because I follow puppies and I follow, you know, she listed like, yeah. she goes, I don't follow models who make me feel less than. Right. I don't follow things that make me not love myself. Right. So I go on and I get a warm and fuzzy feeling. And so that was a good check for me. I was thinking like, yeah, well, that's, that's, it's so pretty obvious. simple. You Absolutely. don't have to yeah. like go down that ugly rabbit hole and, and be on the floor about it. I love following like inspirational accounts and quote accounts. And, you know, so you can feed yourself and that yeah. is nice. And, and if you're worried about like the social implication of not following a friend or whatever, which like I feel like that's definitely I think like I've unfollowed people and they've texted me like, what did I do? And I'm like, whoa, nothing. Oh, no. yeah. I'm just not into your feed. <laughs> I just don't like your curation. I'm tactics. just like, I don't need that in my life, but like we could totally hang out. But instead of going through that whole rigmarole, I just recommend muting people. I was just gonna say, <laughs> let's let's familiarize with the mute button. It's just I, and there chill. are certain people though that I follow that I'm like, I know follow me. I'm like, they must have me muted because they haven't like 
correct a picture yeah. in a year. And that's well, fine. that's also respect, algorithm. Respect your right to mute me. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. hard feelings. Yeah. We all, I'm not a cute puppy and yeah. I do post a lot of stories about Glam Squad, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so on that So Retrograde tip, mm-hmm. we're curious about like any, we're using the word wellness tips or like wellness things you're into. I know you're a big yoga fan and you found that kind of more recently. I like yeah. the story. But doesn't this sound so boring compared to all your guests? I was like, what am I going to add to the wellness world? You guys have such fascinating discoveries on this show with such interesting people. I am a fan of this wellness industry. I'm a fan. I think I, I told you I'm, I'm working on a TV show right now, which is about exploring this whole industry because I think we all are craving to feel good. And I think there's some really great things out there and there's some really not so great things out there and diet teas and all the crap are being sold. And so I kind of want to expose that for people as well, the journalist in me. But personally, I am a writer and I always like gone through the exercise. And even back when I was like a teenager and in college, the the, the thing that would center me would be getting still and and maybe reading a devotion or an affirmation or all these, you know, books, even in small doses, and then writing things down every day, you know, gratitude journals or, you know, all these little affirmations. If I were on my way to a job interview or if I was, you know, wanting to manifest something really great in my life, I would, you know, list all the reasons why I deserved it and why I was capable and why I was enough. And so, is, is, I mean, that's huge. Don't minimize that. Well, is that's so simple, though. And by the way, if for anybody listening, I mean, I guess that doesn't require a superpower or powder or a special drink or a collagen. But it requires discipline and awareness. True. True. And, and anybody can do it. I mean, things. if you're willing to be disciplined. And yeah. I, I know that has served me for sure. Yeah. And it, it comes and goes, just like people working out. Sometimes you go to the gym, sometimes you don't. Sometimes I write, sometimes I don't. And sometimes I have something called cat formations. And sometimes I share them and sometimes I don't. I'm trying to remember who actually helped me figure that name out. But I was like, that's pretty good because I am that. I am an eternal optimist. I believe that, you know, we are our thoughts. Our thoughts have power, you know, and, and, to get on that frequency of good vibrations and health and abundance and all that stuff that a lot of that originates within our thoughts and our feelings. And so I pay attention to that. I I pay more attention to that now than I do my physical body, which just because of, you know, being busy and being, you know, like so many people in the fast lane, but I try to prioritize that. I do get in some hot yoga and I do love hot yoga. But you know what's interesting? If you are only prioritizing the physical, you don't really mind the mental. But if you mind the mental and you're doing the physical, you don't care as much about the judgment of the physical. Mm, but so true. Your judgment and your focus on the physical is never going to give you that mental yeah. peace. It doesn't go both ways. That's so, so true. And it's I, not sustainable even if it does. I'm feeling skinny and then something like someone cuts you off in traffic and you're like, fuck you. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, we're, we're not okay. <laughs> exactly. I try to, you know, read a lot. I just was dipping into, I think I'm late to the the party, but I've always loved Eckhart Tolle. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, the power of the now is is my, my version of a Bible. Eckhart Tolle. Have you listened to him speak? This is where I was going with this. So my (laughs) my brother just got me for my birthday the new Earth book, Uh and it's 
like so many books just sitting there, sitting there because I, I don't have time. And so a couple days ago, I downloaded the, the audio book. Big mistake. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm I'm with you. I like I'm with you on the flower and the evolution of the planet and, and being enlightened and why we love flowers and birds. And like, I eat that shit up. Okay. Yeah. But the voice was like, whoa. I was like, I think I'm just going to pick up the book. Could we get Jim Carrey, <laughs> who's I know the biggest Eckhart Tolle fan, to do the audiobooks for A New Earth and The Power of Now? Because it would You'd be, be there. way more uh, digestible. Call it in. That would summarize most of my self help, self love practice. I try not to, even as a mom with two kids, feel like that guilt of putting myself and my needs and my health like up there on the priority list every day. Cause I think, you know, I think it's important. Well, you have to, cause we've all, I mean, I don't know about your mom, but I can speak for my own. And I know that a lot of people have this where they didn't do that and it didn't because they were judging themselves for being selfish mm-hmm. or whatever. And that ultimately didn't serve them. And it doesn't serve your children either. You have to do that. It's really important. You yeah. know, you have to be an individual outside of your your kids. Yep. And also, I feel like it really tracks for me that you have this, this practice because, I mean, I haven't known you more than two days. But <laughs> from what I've been studying, you definitely, like, do your own thing and go, like, against, like, the grain and you don't look at like a path and say like that's mine you're, you're you're on your own path and I feel like that really comes from your internal power and vision and belief in yourself so don't minimize that mm, thank you yeah thank you and that that's many years I suppose in the making of yeah. that discipline you speak about yes yeah that has served me and I think when we're all younger regardless of what your practices are you know we all suffer from the you know need to please others mm-hmm. and and prove something or stay in line or not I hate conflict but over the years and maybe with some of that discipline and just being really grounded and learning who I am and what I believe in and what I stand for, it's become far more easier because you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't put up no shit. Yeah, and there's a, difference between, <laughs> there's a difference between hating conflict and being a doormat for other people's exactly. desires. Like, they're not mutually exclusive. You can say no to what you don't want without yeah. being, like, a dick about it. Absolutely. So. Using your power. We all have that power. Yes. But purpose, speaking of that word, I mean, again, because not to simplify things, but that's another thing I guess I've been really honed in on in my life mm. um, or aware of or curious about, you know, what is my purpose? What am I contributing? How am I serving? What does that look like? And to your point, there's the journey associated with that. It's not all one thing. Oh, by the way, you're born. Here you go. Here's purpose. Now go do that. It's evolving. And that's Mm -hmm. cool too. I never knew, you know, sitting here today with you guys that, you know, this would be where I would be and and why. Like it's just unfolded so interesting. And I I love that about life. Mm. I'm very comfortable in not knowing Believe it or not, you know, one of my favorite other books I read is Comfortable with Uncertainty by Pima Chodron. Ooh. Do you know Pima? Is it Pima? Pema? I know the author, oh, but I don't know. I have not great. read the book. I haven't book. read that. If you guys like suffer from like control and needing to know and having everything perfectly aligned and, and knowing an outcome all the time, it's a very, it's a good read. Cool. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. 
Kat, we're so happy to have you mm. here today. And we're so thrilled that you've joined this world of podcasting. We it's forgot to ask our hot tips for oh, interviewing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, guys, I don't know. You guys are great. <laughs> I mean, I think you're all doing okay here four or five years in. I think you've got this down. <laughs> when I remember um, when we did the video at your house, I asked you what to do with my hands because I didn't know what to do with them while I was on camera and just talking straight to camera. This is six or eight years ago, guys. Not like last week. But, um, <laughs> but I just remember being like so what really was the quick answer? you kind of hold them like this I'm like like, like you're holding a tiny no, doll like, house like this what's going on like a relax like I mean, a the, relaxed the like, big thing on camera which I always thought I don't think it's like the the end all be all truth is like if you watch tv you want to feel comfortable so you watch people who are comfortable mm. because if you watch people who are uncomfortable it makes you uncomfortable it's right. all this mirror right yeah. so I think that was my advice to you yeah. way back in the day the more relaxed and comfortable you are in your space yeah then so will your viewers well, I took those tips Definitely with me hold your hands. <laughs> like you're about to do a <laughs> choir like a handmade thing, guys. We just saw. I'm feeling Praise really B. comfortable yes. in front of this camera. So. Open his eye. Kat, tell our listeners where they can find you. Please come on over to my podcast. I'm I'm the newbie in town. It's called Make It With Kat Sadler. It is on every podcast platform. So come and check it out. And much like you guys know, I need people to subscribe and rate and review. And if you hate it, tell me. If you love it, tell me. And then tell your neighbor and your dog and everybody you know to come and listen, please. It's That's it for now. Great it's listen. so good. Thank you. We're come to Naked. Fans. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm on there quite a bit. I am Kat Sadler. Or check out my blog, thecatwalk.com. Or <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Perfect. Just kidding. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Love thank you, you very thank much. You. Keep up the amazing work. Oh, thank Thanks. you so much. Awesome. Today's Roses and Thorns is brought to you by our friends over at Quip Toothbrush. Here's the thing. As Fran Drescher said, mm. mouth health mm -hmm. is what the primary focus needs to be for all things wellness. It's like the hub. Yeah. I mean, and if there's anything I've learned from my dog's experience, it's that the teeth are the gateway to your healing. That's so true. So Quip why we love it. First of all, it's designed for an electric toothbrush. I've never seen anything like it. It has a little battery. There's no plugging in. There's no charging. And it really guides you on a toothbrushing journey. It looks like a regular toothbrush. That was always my barrier to entry with other electric toothbrushes because I was like, it's Bulky. so big. Yeah. And I have to like plug it in. Ew. No, that's so annoying. Quip is so cool. It looks like a regular toothbrush. It has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer that gently guides brushing for the dentist recommended two minutes with 30-second pulses ensuring an even clean. It really taught me how to up, brush my teeth. 30 seconds down. 30 seconds down. 30 seconds up. Me too. I was like, who knew? I had no now, idea. Now I know. And here's what I love. So there is a dentist recommended every three months one should change their brush head. And yeah. when you subscribe to Quip, I think it's $5.00. For the subscription every three months, mm -hmm. they automatically send it to you. So they take thinking away from it. You no just, guesswork. No guesswork. And you know what's great? The delivery aspect is incredible. We don't have to wonder, is this head too mashed? <laughs> <laughs> Which one always is thinking that. Yeah. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice every day. And good habits matter to live a healthier life. Right, guys? They do, guys. And Quip starts at just $25 and if you subscribe through that Star Retrograde, you'll get your first refill for free. So all you have to do is go over to getquip.com slash retrograde, and you can pick whatever color you like. And it's just really a fun way to enjoy your oral health. You said oral. Okay. So go right now to getquip.com slash retrograde. Quip starts at just $25, and you'll get your first 
refill free at getquip.com slash retrograde. And hey, it's a fun, simple way to support our show and start brushing better. But you have to go to getquip, that's Q-U-I-P.com slash retrograde to get your first refill free. Oral. <laughs> Play that jingle. <laughs> Love that jingle forever and always. <laughs> oh, man. It's good to be here, Elizabeth. It's great to be here. I love it so much. It's roses and thorns, the high, the low, the good, the bad, maybe the stem, what we hope for for next time. Mm-hmm. What you got? Well, I'm just coming off of some, like, real birthday fun. Mm-hmm. And so that's my rose. You know, I was kind of stressed and didn't know what I wanted to do. And then you and Stephen were like, we got to have a party. And I was like, Okay. And then I got really stressed that it was, like, going to be too big, so I went down to small. Last year, I invited 200 people to my birthday party. Yeah. And this year, I invited 45 people. Yeah. Which— Savage cut. Well, I was just trying to really invite only the people that I see and talk to, like, regularly. I don't know. It just felt like a different kind of energy. And I'm so happy that you guys had me do that. It was so beautiful. Elizabeth made, like, a letter sign that said Falcon Landing on it. And when I walked into her house, I burst into tears. <laughs> so that was the tone. Um, I feel the need to confess that I constructed it, but I ordered the letters from Etsy. Well, I didn't think you hand-cut the letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a thing, guys, on Etsy. First of all, the decoration levels on Etsy are run so deep. It's mind-blowing because they have like the pre-made decorations that yeah. you can find literally anything you want. But then there's also the craft supplies section, which is like a whole other world of options and opportunities for one's crafting soul. So right. let me tell you, it was a Saturday night of going deep. Rosie. Rosie. Love that. I mean, there's no other way I'd rather spend my evening than online shopping, especially on Etsy. That's so fun. So I also really tip. loved that I decided to wear my nipples out. Okay. I bought that like sheer thing from Wasteland and I was feeling like I have spent so many fucking years of my covering life. Covering your nipples? Covering my nipples, not celebrating my body, being self-critical. And I'm just like, I work too goddamn hard and do all the right things at this point to be an apologist for my nipples and my body. So it was fun as fuck to feel so free. Did I get birthday dick? No. But what did happen? They brought the cake out. And <laughs> this was like maybe the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. They started singing my birthday song. Singing my birthday song. And you know, then, Stephanie's birthday you know, song. You guys have heard it. Happy birthday, dear Stephanie. <laughs> then I go, someone yells out a wish. And then I was like, everyone yell out a wish. Because I really felt like it was also kind of a deal, deal, muertos party. And I want everyone to like yell out wishes for themselves. And then Alyssa goes, dick. And then everyone starts chanting, dick, 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 dick. They did. At me. And yeah. it was. The ultimate manifestation If that chant. doesn't manifest something for me, then I have need new friends. I'll say, I think it will. <laughs> I think so. I'm just going to go on record. Okay, cool. Also, we did a fun theme, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. So we had everyone wear black. Really fun thing to do at a party. And then we had some amazing Urban Decay glitter. Explosion. And we put it out for everyone to use. In my head, I thought, oh, it's going to be on people's faces. I don't need to worry about it being around the house. Is it all over your house? It's everywhere. <laughs> in a way that I could not imagine that I think most men, they're like worst nightmares glitter. At Is least it? that's kind of like the general consensus I got from all our guy friends. They're okay. all like, nope, no glitter. Joey, my boyfriend, them. hates glitter. Because I think Why? I think it's like it transfers, you know? Okay. I guess. 
Maybe I was like, you know, it transfers. It's hard to get off. I get it. If you're not trying to glitter, non-voluntary glitter can be a challenge sure, for yeah. somebody. I register that. It's also, a- when I was doing my glitter, when you were doing my hair, it was kind of falling on the floor and you were just like, okay, this is my personal nightmare. Yeah. Well, you're like, yeah, I'm getting panicked at this. Well, it was, we were directly <laughs> over this like brand new vintage rug I, like, I had gotten. Just move the rug. I know, I know. But I thought it was pretty chill. Yeah. Like I kept it, like I was having fun. Yeah, no, so it was all fine. I had the best time. Yeah. But Urban Decay Glitter, guys. Yeah, no, it's the lit best. as fuck. Thank you for that. Thanks, Urban Decay. We love you. I'm going to go no thorns on this just because I want to keep it posy vibes. No thorns. But another rose is we're going to be back at the Orly pop-up shop. Oh, that's right. December 3rd for a little takeover again. And Mikey Dimitrovich is going to be there doing his aura picks. We did an episode with him where he read both myself and you on air and they were crazy accurate. Mm-hmm. So Mikey's going to be back in LA one day only Ugh. doing aura picks for our listeners. If you guys want to come by, we're going to be mixing colors with the uh, proceeds going to lunch on me again, which is everyone needs to listen to this episode that we did last year with Loria Gaston, who's the founder of Lunch on Me. They have an amazing initiative that is helping to feed men and women experiencing homelessness here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. We love that org so much. So proceeds from any nail polish that anyone gets mixed by us are going to go to Lunch on Me. And we have Carolyn Barron, our acupuncturist, is going to be doing acupuncture and a wow. few other surprises. So it's going to be wow. really fun. A little December 3rd, right across from Aaron one on Beverly, be there, be square. And we also have our November 21st feng shui event with Megan Wallace James at the Den. Everything so is happening. Everyone can find that on our website, that's soretrograde.com or on our Instagram at so retrograde. Thank you so much to Kat Sadler for joining us today. Go check out Naked Pod. Listen to that up we did with her. It was so fun. Yes. And, uh, Happy birthday, Steph. Thank you I'm so, so much. happy you had a good one. And thanks to everyone who came and everyone who showed so much love. It really meant the world to me. That's beautiful. And we'll see you guys next week. Okay. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. <laughs> see you talk. Yeah, you, you know what we mean. And don't forget to namaste listening. Bye. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde.